more fully, just more fully accepting of yourself. Mm. And so I think I could do that in. Hi, peaches. So we're back again for season two for What's Happening with Rosie. For this season, I actually sat down with a couple of ladies and we talked about relationships. Now, I could blab for hours just to get this topic's intro down, but I won't do that. I'll get to go ahead and let you enjoy the conversations. Sounds good? Don't forget to grab your coffee or your tea and I'll see you in a little bit. Hey Natalie, what's up? What's happening? Hey Rosie, I am good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, we've got uh, we've encountered a quite a bit of a technical difficulties, but we're here now, so we're doing this. Exactly. You know what? We overcame the hurdle, and now here we are. <laughs> yes, um, and we are ready for you, um, Peaches. If you haven't, um, if you don't know Natalie, she's actually a pretty amazing, brilliant type of woman that um, I've met through one of my friends but basically we met online um, she's also uh, she also has a podcast which is called the impossible or I'm possible it's I am that possible podcast right yes the I'm possible podcast yeah I'm <laughs> because you are and everything is possible yes <laughs> this is possible as well and yeah. she's also a life coach or a coach for, coach for women that um, okay. where you can where she actually helps women launch their service centered business in ninety days, which is like can can you sign me up for that, please? <laughs> we can talk about it absolutely. <laughs> okay, um, we'll definitely have to talk about that. But anywho, Natalie, for me, she's very bold, courageous, and very ambitious, and um, she's here to share a story and um, maybe a few relationship advice and tip if whatnot, if we need, if we want to, but um, Nat, would you introduce yourself more than what I've already like told everybody? Well, first of all, thank you so much for all your kind words. Um, flattery gets you everywhere. <laughs> That's probably where I, know, I got but, where I am now. Maybe. But honestly, thank you. Thank you so much. So I mean, you sum you summarized it more or less. My name is Natalie Levy. I am a coach for creative and entrepreneurial women who want to launch service-centered businesses in 90 days. These are women who basically know they want to give back and make an impact in their community or on the world at large, but they need to do it on their own terms. Like they cannot work for another person for the rest of their lives. Um, but they also want to have a life full of abundance and wealth and freedom that also leaves a legacy, leaves a mark. So that's what I do. And it is an accelerated program. I do obviously work with people for longer periods of time. But if someone is ready and just wants to la like lay the foundation for their online business, then that's what we do together. Um, I also have recently started a podcast, as you mentioned, the I'm Possible podcast, where I interview people who are following their dreams and doing big things, but we also focus on the behind the scenes so that people can really get an inside view into what happens at, like during the journey because a lot of times we we hear about like the struggle and then we hear about the immediate success, but we don't really hear about the in-between. So that's what I really that's want good. to unveil mm -hmm. 
Yeah, in the podcast. And then lastly, and then I'll stop. (laughs) Um, I am also the founder of an event series called Babes Who Brunch Club. That's for women in the pursuit of a healthy lifestyle and big dreams. And what we do is we host events in New York City and L.A. uh, when we're not social distancing. (laughs) And they are a mix of panel-led discussions and wellness experience events. So that's that. We are online now uh, hosting virtual events here and there. One is coming up in August, and that's what I do. Wow. Uh, Seems like a whole lot on your plate. I wouldn't have it any other way. Of course. And the, I'm pretty sure you slay them all. And that's just like, thank you for like allowing us to actually spend time with you here in what's happening. <laughs> no, it's my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, Peaches. So Natalie has a story to share with us. So um, Nat, if you're ready, um, stage is yours. Sure. So from what I understand, you are interested in hearing about relationships and and romance and <laughs> And all that. So you mentioned relationship advice. That is not me, babes. I am not (laughs) going to give anyone relationship advice. Um, But I can share some of my experiences. Um, So I am 32 years old. And I have been single since I've been 25 or 26. I can't even remember now. But Mm -hmm. it's been a good amount of time. Um, And the reason is, is that I was in relationships from, for like eight years straight. So I was in a relationship from 17 roughly to 20, another one from 20 to 24. And then my most recent one from like 24 to 26. Yeah, I was around 26. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm done <laughs> for now. <laughs> um, not realizing that it would be as long of a period that I'd remain single, but it was very much like an intentional break. Mm. Um, You know, I think that every relationship teaches you what you need to learn. And so when I was younger and in my, and I talk about this often, I went through depression in my young adolescence and to my young adulthood. Uh, I definitely still have remnants of like depressive moods and dips in my affect and things like that. But it was really something that was at the core of a lot of my experiences was like this, this overwhelming, like sadness, I'll call it. And my first relationship definitely was a reflection of that. So I was dating a, a man, well, a boy, really at the time, <laughs> um, who did so many good things for me in that I really did learn to appreciate myself through that relationship. I was able to see myself through the eyes of someone who like really found me attractive and really loved me. And I, I grew into my confidence a little bit more in that relationship because it, when it started, like I would hide myself, like, you know, at all times, like I would never walk around naked. Like I was just a completely different person. Now I don't want to put on clothes like ever. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like a real stark contrast, but that was who I was at like 17 years old. I was very body conscious, very self-conscious, very insecure. Um, and you know, I, but it was at the same time, a pretty toxic relationship because he had his own mental health struggles Mm -hmm. and I found myself often very much catering to his needs and not really focusing on my own Mm -hmm. so that was my first relationship so that after that relationship I was like I want the exact opposite and I made a list and (laughs) this is what I want I want someone who is adventurous who is fun who 
loves to live life, travel, eat exotic foods because my ex previous to that like only likes like chicken nuggets and bagels like I'm not kidding oh he still had goodness. the palate of like <laughs> you know from when he was younger he just wasn't very adventurous uh. and I wanted someone who is cultured like worldly is what I re- really meant um someone who reads a lot uh dances with me like mm. all of these things and I had this very clear picture not of what I wanted in a, like physically but who I wanted to be with and so uh, I, pretty shortly thereafter, like after my relationship really ended for good, because mm-hmm. that was a tumultuous relationship going into college, mm-hmm. um, wow. <laughs> like he transferred <laughs> to my college. He was living with me for a little bit because he got kicked out of the dorms um, oh, because of, you know, hazing and whatnot for fraternities. So it was a whole disaster. But once that really did actually end, um, I met my next boyfriend and he ended up being almost like everything that I had listed out, you know, mm. where he, we used to be like, we used to tear up the dance floor all the time. He was, he was, you know, first generation American. So he was very worldly and, um, traveled a lot and we traveled together and he loved to eat different types of food and everything hey. was easy. Like we yeah. never fought, we never argued. Like we used to joke that we would get drunk once in a while just to like fight with each other. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just so like one of us would be like super unreasonable yeah. and like fight, but it always lasted like 10 minutes. Like we never really fought. So cute. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, he would honestly, when I talk about him, I talk about with him. I talk about him with such like adoration that people are like, are you still in love with this guy? (laughs) And the reality is that like everyone loved him. Mm -hmm. You know, my family loved him. My, my best friend at the time cried multiple times when she knew we were breaking up, like, (laughs) because like she loved him so much and we were like kind of like the three stooges. Um, Yeah, no, we had a really great relationship, but, you know, it was, it was going on for a while. I was really young, you know, I was 20 when we started dating. I turned 21 with him. Um, I started to feel like I needed, like, I didn't see it as end game. At that time in my life, I was not interested in marriage and I wasn't really interested in like settling in with somebody. And I don't think with him it would have ever been settling down because he was such an adventurous spirit, but it just wasn't I couldn't see myself from 20 years old for the rest of my life with a human like I just yeah yeah and I couldn't imagine it Mm -hmm. and also I started to feel towards him like he was like family like I loved him like he was like my like my arm or something you know like he's like a part of me but I started to desire some new kind of experience Mm -hmm. and um so we like I, I went to India after I graduated college and we were still kind of on and off. I kind of broke up with him in India. I'm a terrible person. Oh. Um, no, we just, you know, he could tell I was pulling away. So we had to have the conversation. And then I moved to North Carolina like four days after I got back from India on a whim. That's another story for mm. another day. Um, and we ended up he ended up visiting me and I was going back to New York like pretty regularly and we went to Burning Man together and then we started going to festivals together so we were like broken up but like not broken mm, up still friends and then yeah we well we were still friends like together and we, t- we were together and not when we weren't you know mm. and we tried this whole open relationship thing Ooh. and I will say for anyone listening I do think that open relationships are a viable option for some people mm. and I think that if they're done with if you enter a relationship with the intention of being open and there's a good understanding of why and both people's needs are being met and all of that, like it can be a really wonderful thing. I haven't experienced that for me. 
I entered open relationships in my first relationship and my second relationship, the one I'm talking about mm. now, but both times in order to sort of salvage our relationship, you know, to keep it going and extend it beyond its end date, basically. And so that's kind of where we were at. And I started to pull away more and more. Um, and I started desiring something like he was so amazing. And I still will talk from time to time now. And I wish him nothing but the best. And I love him to pieces. Mm. But I wanted passion. You know what I mean? Like I was in this sort of like four year relationship that was so good and so mm. sturdy in so many ways. But for me, at the very least, it, it felt like it was lacking just like passion. I had never felt that really with somebody. And so that's what I was looking for. And um, amongst a couple, a few other qualities, of course. And then that person appeared into my life as well. Like almost immediately again, like it kind of overlapped. Wow. And yeah, so here's like, I guess the moral of the story for me anyway, is when I'm really clear on what I'm looking for and who I'm looking for, that person materializes. Oh, wow. Um, and that's been my experience, at least mm -hmm. in my previous relationships. And yeah, so my next relationship was that. It was very passionate. And, <laughs> you know, I could like, this is the most cliche thing. And I'd like never thought it was real until I met this human where I was like, I can stare at him for like hours and really not get bored. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I had never really experienced that with a person before. Um, but then that doesn't make a relationship. Yeah. You know, like you can love someone dearly and be passionate for them. But that's not going to get you through all the stressful times. And when you're in a relationship and we were going through a lot of like life changes, we were in our early 20s and experienced a lot of changes like moving out, you know, into just a lot of things. It's not even worth going into the details, but we had a lot of pressures. And then we went to grad school together in different programs. So we both came, we both went to New York for NYU and I'm a New Yorker. He's not. He's from the South. Um, and I don't know, just like all of these like life changes. And I just started to see like how we would crumble under stress. Like we couldn't really hold space for one another. Hmm. And I was like, if we can't do that now, like yeah. life only gets more difficult at times. And if we can't handle this together, then we're, we, we're not a good match. And so once again, I realized that this wasn't forever you know whatever that means in quotations mm -hmm. I don't think anything is really forever but um yeah it just wasn't going to be something that I could really see long term and once again I wasn't ready to settle in I don't like the term settle down but I wasn't really ready to settle in with someone and like create a whole life like I still had a lot of things that I wanted to do without having to worry about making those plans around somebody else mm. and or hurting them in any sort of way because of my desires or hurting myself yeah. by you know, um, like ignoring my needs and my wants and my desires and my dreams in order to make somebody else happy. Yeah. So that relationship ended in grad school. It ended like right before midterms or whatever it was. All I know is that I was like writing papers, hysterically crying, <laughs> like snot rolling down oh, my face, like tears, like typing my like, my like, you know, I don't know, Papers. paper yeah. on social justice issues, like the intersection, like intersectionality and all this <laughs> stuff. And I'm just like hysterical. And I was like, mm. I cried probably every day for three months, but oh. I got so fit because I went to the gym so much. <laughs> Johnny yourself <laughs> and everything else. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, who needs a boyfriend? I have the gym. Um, 
that's my quote for that time. Oh, and I guess I'll just leave it at that. I mean, I have, like I've mentioned, I've definitely dated people and I've definitely gotten involved with people and have had feelings for people since then. Um, but it's been mostly just single town for me. <laughs> single so. town. Single and, town. And you said that was about when you were 26 when you ended that relationship, right? Yeah. Uh, if if I may ask you a question with um, with all those relationships before you were 26 and from 26 and up until now, where do you think you actually found more of who you are within those relationships one after the other or when you were actually in this season of singleness in a way that you were able to just spend so much time with yourself does that does that make the question make sense totally I think that there's this myth about finding yourself uh-huh <laughs> so like we get all this rhetoric Speak. about like you find yourself and the reality is that like you're never not yourself and a lot of a lot of what it means, I think, to become, become in quotations once again yourself is mm-hmm. like unlearning a lot of the the stories that we carry for for many years, the self limiting beliefs, all of these things. And I don't think that there's a right way to do that. I don't think it matters if you're in a relationship or if you're single. I think you can do that no matter what. You just have to be conscious of of what you're what you want to create, the life you want to create conscious of your thoughts what thoughts are helping you create that life what thoughts aren't helping you create that life Mm -hmm. you know if you have these self-limiting beliefs or these things that are holding you back like where those come from because a lot of times they come from family or society they're just these voices in our Mm -hmm. head that don't even belong to us and so really like finding yourself or becoming who you really are is just a matter of identifying the thoughts you want to keep and the thoughts you want to get rid of and That's starting good. to feel more fully, just more fully accepting of yourself. Mm. And so I think I could do that. And I did that in my relationships. I learned a shit ton about <laughs> myself in relationships, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, but I've also learned a lot about myself being single too. So I don't think there's any right way to do that. Wow. That's actually a good way to put it when also when you said you're never not yourself. And when you say that, I've learned a lot when I was in a relationship, just as much as I was in this in, in my single season. That some of us, like you, are so right because you, when you say like you're continuing to be coming, you're continuing yeah. to to be to add to be who you are. Um, I don't know how to fully express that, but um, also no, exactly. Like I like the term becoming, yeah. but it's just like. But that's always happening, like yeah. no matter what. And relation it's not only in romantic relationships, like you can become, you know, closer to your authentic self with your relationship with your mailman, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or the male woman, mm-hmm. like or or one of your closest friends or one of your acquaintances. Like basically the way that I look at life is every person is a teacher, every experience is a lesson, you know, mm-hmm. and if if we approach life that way, then even the really terrible parts, like the shitty parts, we if we can learn something from that, if we can take something from that, then mm-hmm. it's all worth it, you know. And it, it it also creates so much less anxiety in your life yeah. when you just kind of like take everything mm-hmm. as an opportunity. Opportunity, um, yes. <laughs> even the things that make you feel not so great, right? So, so yeah, I think 
I do think that we're relational and social beings. So we do, I, you know, we do learn, I think more about ourselves in relation to other people, but that doesn't have to necessarily be romantic. Mm -hmm. That can be with everybody else. Yeah. In any given situation. Yeah. That's, that's so good because one time I have a friend ask me like, how would you, uh, how would you relate or how would you treat somebody that's uh, your husband in a way or your um, your boyfriend? How how do you see yourself relating to them or treating them? And for some reason, I just I just saw them like how how I'm how I'm treating everybody around me now just goes to show how I will be showing how will, how I will be. Um, how do you call this? How I will be treating my boyfriend. In a way, I right. guess what I'm trying to say is who we are alone by ourselves or who we are and how we treat ourselves is exactly how we project or how we, how we treat others. So if we're mean to others, I feel like we're also, because we're being mean to ourselves, we meet, we're, we're mean to others as well. Totally. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the way that we treat other people is a projection of what's going on inside. inside of us, yeah. Of course, like, yeah. I also just wanted to ask you this. Um, if within this few years now that you've been in a way single, what would be your biggest takeaway within this spending the time that you were able to grow yourself, just, you know, not pursuing or not being pursued and not, just, not, not in a sense, not being pursued, but, you know, you're focused with your dreams, you're focused with your hustle, you're focused with who you are, you're building you what would be your takeaway up to this point in a way? Yeah, I think that my biggest takeaway, I don't even know, like, where do you, like, which one? I think... Um, also because you say every opportunity, every experience is a lesson. So I guess everything that you're going through, you're basically taking away something that you can keep as a knowledge with you forever. So I guess that was yeah. not really a good question No, I've ask. learned... I've honestly learned so much about my my way of relating, especially in romantic relationships. And I've definitely learned like my toxic habits and, you know, my triggers and things that um, don't serve me and ways that I can serve people better. And so like I've learned so much through, you know, through just the the people that I've dated in my single season, as you put it, you know, I um, I'm grateful for, you know, most of the people that I've come across, I'll say all the people that I've come across, like I'm grateful for them because I've learned a lot about myself. Um, I guess what I learned too is what I'm really looking for. And I, I would just, I would love to meet someone who understands my goals, you know, and is very goal oriented themselves or ambitious themselves. Um, Someone who totally like lives for experiences like I I, I want to meet someone who's wealthy and experiences like riches are nice and money is nice and of course like it's kind of a necessity in our capitalistic society <laughs> yes. right like what do we do without it mm-hmm. unfortunately but um but someone who more so than than money and wealth just has a wealth of experience and you know adventure and um Yeah. And so I think getting really clear on the type of person that I want to call in Mm. has been really helpful because I certainly haven't found that person yet. And um, I 
if my previous experience with my first three relationships is any indication when I'm really clear on what I want, that person will appear or materialize. <laughs> um, and I just think that I've been going through this trial and error of getting exactly what I think I wanted and then mm. that like blowing up in my face. And it's mm. happened. Like I'll tell this one little story because it's just so funny. But yes, please. In summary, <laughs> like in summary, like after my last relationship, I – once again, like had this laundry list of ideas about the person that I was looking for. And I told, I was talking to my dad, for, at, we we're out to lunch and I was like, dad, I just like, I want someone again with like someone who was like very much like a mix of my three boyfriends, you know, but, like, <laughs> like Israeli was my first boyfriend and my second boyfriend actually like Israeli and, you know, worldly and like uh. loves to dance. Like we'll listen to classical music, but we'll go to Burning Man with me and like <laughs> take me to the opera. But like, you know, as an entrepreneur, like all this shit. Like, and my dad looked at me and he's like, I don't think that person exists. And I was just like, Hey, let's manifest into it right now, right here. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, well, I'm going to be single forever then. And like, I hope that that's not true. I hope I didn't manifest that shit, but no, 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 not that part. Not that part. The reality is that I, I had this whole list of things. Like I was like, take me to the opera, go to Burning Man with me, like all this stuff. I swear to you, not even a month later, I'm swiping on Tinder. I see this guy. He's intriguing. Like his profile's mm. kind of funny. And I love wit. I think wit is so – like I love when someone can bring out banter in me. <laughs> um, and and I don't even know if he's cute really. Like he's kind of cute, but he's Israeli. I can tell he's Israeli because of his name. And anyway, first date, like he is every single freaking thing I said, like Israeli, spoke five languages, entrepreneur, sold his first company at like 24 or something. Like, you know, like totally was like, oh, yeah, we dated for a few months Mm -hmm. until like I said, it blew up in my face. But like, you know, it was like, yeah, I'll take you to the opera. But like also came to the Burning Man party with me, like one of the local parties in New York, just like all Mm -hmm. the things that I said. And it was just such a lesson that sometimes, you know, someone can be so right on paper Mm -hmm. and like completely wrong for you. Because I forgot to mention things like would uh, be kind to me and like compassionate (laughs) and like you know like me for real you know like the things that like actually fucking matter I don't know if I'm sorry I'm not allowed to curse you're fine you're fine Um, but yeah like things that actually matter you know so but the thing is like once again I was super clear on what I thought I wanted Mm -hmm. and that came through so I think that these past few years has just been a a trial and error in learning more about myself exactly. and more about my wants and needs yeah because so. we thought that this is all that we wanted and then we have them and then we start to realize oh shit this is not everything that I need I need more yeah or I just need something different like maybe those things actually don't matter at all oh, you know what I mean yeah. like totally. it doesn't really matter like maybe someone else is the person who goes to the opera with you and like it's not your significant other but your significant other is gonna like stroke your hair and tell you you're beautiful you know what I mean <laughs> And like not chase other girls around town, you know, be loyal to you, be faithful to you, love on you, only you, you know, know, (laughs) (laughs) but perhaps, yeah. yeah. And always, always affirm you that you're enough. Well, you know, I think that that comes no matter what I think that has to come from within. Like you have to know that you're Ooh, enough. Like I don't okay. need anyone come else on, to affirm. Preach right now. No, but it's true. Like it, it I don't is, need is, anyone is. else to affirm it is. It is. my worthiness or like if I'm enough whatsoever. Like, cause I believe that I am. Thank you for um, saving me there. That is pretty good. Yeah, no, it's just, you know, that comes from inside mm. of you. And I think that if you know that you will also attract those quality partners who will 
who will see that in you and like will affirm that by like acknowledging what you know, you know? And I think that when you also have that, when you also can, when that comes from inside, you also can weed out the people who don't affirm that in you, who mm-hmm. don't see that. And then you can be like, thank you. Bye. God. Like, exactly. yeah, that's not that person. You won't have time to entertain yeah. them because, you know, not to say that we don't, ha- we, we're not all works in progress, not to say that we don't have to examine our shortcomings and things like that. Of course we do. But if someone can't value you mm-hmm. and like doesn't, doesn't appreciate you, then they need not be in your life, yeah. in my opinion. You so. don't need to beg somebody to cling to you. No, you don't, you don't want to have someone who doesn't, I mean, Fit you. Yeah, doesn't appreciate you, yeah. doesn't like acknowledge you or like see you. You know, I think oh. that that's the biggest thing yeah. for me is being seen. Yeah. And I think I very rarely felt that where like someone like really like just like gets it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's a very unique thing to find. Um, so, so yeah. Good. So good. So good. Thank you for all this wisdom <laughs> and just for all the revelations that you've just probably given all of us right now. But um, Natalie, thank you so much. But can I end with this? Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody asked you, who is she? Who is Natalie? How would you want that answered? Oh, it's too hard. I mean, there's like a million different versions of me out there. Ooh. You know, I mean, That's in good. that we all filter people throughout through our own experiences of the world, through our mm-hmm. own truths, our own beliefs. So like. There are people out there in the world who think I'm like a saint. There are people out there mm. who like who call me sweet, which is so weird. <laughs> you know, like there are people out there who think I am such a bitch. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's so many versions of me out there. So who I am is a com- is very complex, right? Because like I'm probably all of those things. Mm. Um to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I mean who I am to myself, I'm someone who is um really compassionate I love people I truly do like um I I believe in magic and not like in the (laughs) hokey kind but I believe in like that we can see miracles all around us Mm -hmm. like our mere existence is truly like a magical phenomenon like we exist and it's kind of crazy that we're here even talking right now so yeah like just I believe in magic and I believe in, in miracles. I believe in creating your own magic and finding miracles, even in the smallest things. Um, I believe in possibility and living your life the fullest, you know, life is not always long. And so I'm someone who wants to do as much as possible and see as much as possible and learn as much as as possible and do as much good as I possibly can while I exist. Um, cause I don't know how long that's going to be. So that's uh, who I think I am. <laughs> Ooh, that was you know, good. I'm also very complicated. I <laughs> have an attitude problem. I, I have a problem with authority. Like I have since I was a child. Uh. And, you know, I push buttons and I'm I'm uh, pretty uh, bold, like disruptive. Yeah, you call me bold. OK, thank you. I like bold. I can be bold. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess that. But at the end of the day, who I am is how people think of me and, and, and what they see. So that's good. Um, with all of this, we manifest your future husband. (laughs) 
I don't know if I want a husband, oh. but I do. I would like a partner. A partner, yeah, okay. Like I'm, I'm calling in my next love. You know? We'll see what happens. Yeah, so keep us up to date. Okay. <laughs> well, anyone can follow me. They can follow me oh, on yeah. my Instagram. Yes, please. At- How can we find you? Yeah, Natalie underscore knows K N O W S. Um, and from there you can find all my other Instagram accounts. And if you want to look me up and check out my website, it's just your best life coach dot club. So that's that. Awesome. We'll see you there. Thank you so much, Natalie. All right. Thanks, babe. <laughs> Hey Peach, so I hope you ripened up a little bit after that episode and don't forget to rate and review. Also find me at whisk.happening on Instagram. Send me a message. You know, if you have any questions, concerns, or tips on how I could do this better, I would greatly appreciate that. Again, this is to remind you that Whisk at Happening is for creating a space for women to sew, show, and grow. Whis W-I-S is for who is she. Don't forget who you are. Bye, Peach.